Hey, what is up? You are listening to Cheers to Beers, the Seattle Beer School podcast. I'm your host, Jess Keller-Poole. I'm about to be joined by my co-host and co-beer extraordinaire, Shauna Cormier, in just a bit here. First, we got to get through this intro because, you know, we've been a little MIA lately um, for the past 10 months. You know, Shauna has kids. I have depression. What's new? But we are back. How consistent we're going to be, the jury's still out. But I, we're really hoping to, like, uh, low-key get our shit together and be doing this more often. We miss it, and we are really looking forward to talking to some folks in the new year, doing some interviews just for you listeners. If this is anyone's first time listening to the podcast, which I feel like probably has a good percentage of being, uh, this is how we do the podcast. It's always Shauna and I. Sometimes it'll be a solo interview with me, but we get someone on the pod that loves beer, is in the beer industry, lots of different areas of folks that we talk to. Sometimes they are working production. Sometimes they're working marketing sales. Sometimes they're just beer lovers. Sometimes it it's educators. It's all of the above. But we always grab one beer. We have the guest choose a beer. We drink it. We talk about it. And get into some other fun stuff. All beer related, of course. But today it's just Shauna and I, and we couldn't be wrapping up the end of the year without drinking Celebration, Sierra Nevada's Celebration IPA, one of our all-time favorites, definitely in the top five of all-time favorite beers for me, and I, I think I can speak for Shauna and say the same thing for her. So it just made sense. We're finally getting back on the mics, finally getting a chance to sit down and talk about stuff. We got to be drinking Celebration, and we're kind of using this as an opportunity to do kind of a yearly roundup of... What happened in the industry this year? What was going on with us in Seattle Beer School? And, you know, tangents, because <laughs> it's us. Like, we're not going to not go on tangents. You know what I mean? If you're listening to this upon release, Shauna and I are going to be down in Portland next weekend, December 16th through 18th. We are going to be brewing a collaboration with our friends at Steeplejack. And we're going to be teaching a very, very cool private class at Wayfinder with Kevin Davey and Lisa Allen. Fa la 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 lager. We did it once last year, 2021, with Lisa virtually. And this time, we're making the road trip, baby. We're going down to Portland. So we can't wait to see you guys there. Link to buy the tickets is in the bio of our Instagram. It's through Eventbrite. You can also go to fa la 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 lager.eventbrite.com. Get your tickets there. For all other keeping ups, of Seattle Beer School. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Seattle Beer School. You can follow me at Just Just Beer and you can follow Shauna at a young Billy Crystal. And just want to give a quick shout out to everyone that supported us over the years. And this year, of course, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for coming on this journey with us and nerding out about beer. We still can't believe that we get to do this as a job and talk about beer, teach people about beer and drink beer. Duh. All right, let's say less and get into the episode. Today's episode, we are drinking Celebration. So if you don't have any in your fridge, hit that motherfucking pause button and go pick some up. What are you doing? Come on. How, how is this not in your fridge already? Go pick up some Celebration. And we're going to talk about uh, about when we had Browers tap a 10-year-old keg of Bigfoot, a mini lesson on a historical Norwegian beer style, and how we think dark malts are making a comeback in the new year. Grab that can or bottle if you're lucky. You'll find some bottles of celebration. Crack that open and join us. Cheers.
So coming back into the podcast for the first time in 10 months, I, I feel like one, it only makes sense to be doing celebration for a couple of reasons. One, it's the season. It's this is all we're drinking right now. Right. Um, but two, it's like, I feel like this beer is so important to the both of us that it just seems like the right thing to be drinking. It's kind of like um, water. What? I, you, like you can't. You can you you can only live for so long without water, <laughs> um, before you perish. Um, it's more of like an emotional, spiritual perish. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Without it, so it's important. Yeah. So, let's crack these cans. I'm gonna stick this in my armpit. I just smelled the microphone. <laughs> Like, I don't, <laughs> it still smells like a pool after all this time. Why does it smell like a pool? Dude, it smells like a fun noodle. <laughs> and it's interesting, like, this combination of this with, like, the hops from Celebration, it just really smells like summer in Tucson. <laughs> it's Fuck all yeah, that's orangey awesome. and piney. It's great. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess these microphone covers are made of foam, so it's not like too far of a reach to think that it smells like a pool noodle. Yes. So I feel like celebration. Also, it's the end of the year. I think the theme of this episode is kind of going to be like a yearly wrap up, even though like no content was here in between the beginning of the year and the end of the year. But it's not about our content. It's about what's going on in the scene and what we've been doing with Seattle Beer School. Um, And celebration is a like end of the year sort of beer. So I I feel like it just makes sense. It does. And it's like, you know, celebration, it's like one of those things, it's like a lot of things change and come and go, but it feels like celebration is just always there. And mm. it's, I think they're, you know, the re, you know, it's going to always be good because they're some sort, they're like packaging mavens or just like yeah, geniuses right. at it. Like, I, I hope I found one. Remember, I, this was like during the summer, I found one from, last year in the back of my fridge <laughs> beer fridge i don't remember this <laughs> dude it and i was like wait what and it was i taste I, I of course i poured it the foam was incredible i mean it, it definitely was old you know it was old it didn't taste peak but i was like dude if i had this like i was traveling around the country or something in like in a random place and they just had a six pack of that i'd be like, fuck it i'm buying it also, I kind of feel like there's this joke we have at Aslan. Well, no, it's a joke between me and one other person at Aslan. Um, that <laughs> just all of uh, Aslan, <laughs> all of Aslan has this joke. Actually, just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> that um, it's like, is it a West Coast IPA or is it oxidized? So it's like when you have something with so much malt quality, the way that Celebration has, it's like. Even if there's a little bit of oxidation, it's not the worst thing in the world. If you're going to have something oxidized, like it should be a maltier IPA. I mean, you could think about, um, this is a different style, but like Bigfoot. Yeah. Right? When we did um, Drunk Herstory. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, hey, Shauna, what beer do you want to tap for this to raise the monies? And I was like, okay, wait, oh, a really quick before you... <laughs> Before you jump into that, just to give some context, the people who participate in Drunk History, which is an event where it's like drunk history, you tell a story from history, but we're all drinking, right? And it's kind of based in women in history. And so 
the, most people participating are representing a brewery, which we do represent a brewery. We both represent we Bloodland. Do. Yeah. I represent Aslan. So the idea is if you're representing a brewery, you tap a keg from that brewery. However, since we were representing Seattle Beer School, not either of the employers that we have, um, they just asked you for your opinion. And <laughs> I was like, oh, um, Bigfoot. Yeah, I'll take uh, let's let's tap that 10 year old Bigfoot. And <laughs> was it 10 years Yes, because I remember it was. I remember it at least ten years. Because I was <laughs> oh like, dude, God. there's no way. Is this gonna be good? Where did they keep? They keep this. Where was this? Why do they have this still? And I was a little nervous about it because I was like, oh, cool. I mean, I, d- I knew Bigfoot's so good, so I was like, it can't be bad, but maybe it could be bad. I don't really know. So I felt a little sweaty about it. But then Nat, who runs Browers, he was like literally the giddiest it was like christmas morning for him he was stoked yeah and it tasted Um, unbelievable like i couldn't believe how good it tasted also like i'm so curious you just pitched bigfoot you're like let's do bigfoot and that was like cool i've got one in the cellar already like i think i jokingly said it and he was like yeah sure cool we got it or (laughs) i can't remember how it went down but i was like no it was i pitched it as like Big, we got Bigfoot. He's like, yeah, yeah. we have a 10-year-old Bigfoot. And I was like, <laughs> We got to tap that keg at some point. Like, might as well do it now. It um, was beautiful. So it's just like, same thing, I mean, celebration is different because Bigfoot's a little mightier. Got yeah. Got some bigger booze in there. I think it's 9%. Somewhere um, around there. I mean, it's just a double. It's funny because it's kind of just a double IPA in today's terms, right? Dude, it's so funny, especially if you look at the guidelines of what a barley wine is classified as. And American barley wine is so similar to a Imperial IPA um, in, in terms of like what it's supposed to taste like. And it's even like when it comes to Cicerone tests, sometimes they compare the two. And um, it's so funny because so many people associate barley wine now with big barrel age stuff, adjuncts, all that when it's like if. And people are like, oh, barley wine. I'm like, have you ever had Bigfoot, though? <laughs> because yeah, that's like how it should taste. Exactly. It should just be the biggest, hoppiest, maltiest yes. beer you have, right? And that's what it's so weird, like, with all, like, <sighs> barley wine fests. You're like, these are essentially strong ales. Or, yes, like, maybe, right? or English barley wines that don't have as much hop bitterness. And, like, they're barrel-aged, so, like, what exactly are these? Like, some of them taste like right. fucking Doppelbox, like, that have been barrel-aged, which, goddamn, what a nightmare. I mean, come on, <laughs> treacle Um <laughs> Am I saying that right? Treacle? Treacle? Teacle? <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. Treacle-y. right to me. Just, like, so buttery sweet like the like butterscotch it's just like i don't know it's anyways it's to each their own it's just hard with that's why like categorization is helpful sometimes is. like not to be sticklers of like what should or should not be but you, at least it's nice to know what you're getting yourself into like oh a barley wine that's like bigfoot dope a barley wine that's not uncharted territories okay maybe but i'd like to maybe know some more information about it yeah, just give some sort of context before diving into whatever the hell it is. Um, I do have to say, just you <laughs> talking about how Nat was so stoked about you pitching uh, Bigfoot, which was like kind of a joke, but not really because, I mean, we love it and they had it. Um, <laughs> I feel like Dream come Nat- true. Dream come true. 
<laughs> Nat was on the same level as us with when it came to Bigfoot. And then the story we did at Big at Big at uh, Drunk Herstory was the the history of Orval. And oh um there was one <laughs> bit we had in it where you, since you were the fish <laughs> Um, the trout, like, the trout, more the specifically trout. the trout. Yeah. Right, right. And then you like came out of the water and did a freeze frame holding the ring in your mouth. And Nat had the loudest laugh. That, like, I don't think anyone quite got it. We were trying to freeze frame the um, the logo for Orval. And I, it didn't get a big laugh except for from Nat. So he, he was guffawing. <laughs> I love him. I love him. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm now... I just, th- I just think the world of him. Dude, check out, I've been motioning my celebration on the side as we've been talking. Oh, check show out. me. Dude. You can't, the video quality I have on my ancient MacBook sucks, it's but it is stacked. It's like when it's you're like, whipping. It's like a meringue. I was just about to say that when you're whipping egg whites and you're looking for the peaks. That's exactly what get, this is. You get yourself a celebration meringue. Mm. Look at that. Yes. And it always uh, laces so beautifully. Mm. It's just a dream. And like whenever so it's the, it's it's kind of a nice transition too, because when it starts to be gone, you're like, man. But then Bigfoot comes, and you're like, do I really need to be transitioning in January from <laughs> a six point nine percent celebration to a nine percent barley wine? Probably not. Probably should be going the opposite direction, but. Fucking here we go. I mean, and I think especially being in Seattle, it's like, um, you know, obviously the winters are hard, not because of the rain, just because of not seeing sun, right? And um, it's like the beginning of winter is always easy to get through because it's the holidays, you got things going on. Once you hit January, that's when like it actually sucks and Bigfoot is there for you. He did not, I feel like I'm, I'm connecting some dots right now between the idea of beer, Sierra Nevada and the lore of Bigfoot, which is from the Pacific Northwest. So I really think that Bigfoot is on our side here. He's really looking out for us. I never made that connection about Bigfoot being like a Pacific Northwest thing. Yes. So Sasquatch is like... Sasquatch is, is Bigfoot. That... Oh, they're the same thing. I, as far as my cryptid knowledge, I'm sorry. Um, we should say thing. It's a it's a bean. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a sort of human like. It's a cryptid, but Sasquatch, the Sasquatch or Bigfoot, could I mean, they can't just be one bean. It's got to be like no, a, a, Mr. And Mrs. A okay, yes, yeah. and um, in some of the like documentary stuff i've watched about bigfoot one of the big things is like the bigfoot cry and it's like a scream it's no pretty terrifying no i don't like, want to know anything like, more about that Mm-mm. in the thick of like the north cascades and hearing like Mm-mm. a bigfoot is scream? it like a Hell is it like no. a squeal yeah, yeah, not like a squeal it's a little bit more like from the diaphragm <laughs> than no. like Mm-mm. but like terrifying and no, it's like you. they use those calls to try to like lure them out. Oh. Um, anyways, that was Cryptid Corner. But um, yeah, Celebration. Um, what year was it that it went to Cannes? Remember how big of a controversy it was? Wasn't it like 2020? Yeah, it was like somewhat recently, right? And then it's like everyone's Dude, how like, did Aaron find the bottle? How okay, did- so right, this is, this is where I was going with this. Um, so it was like... 
celebration was always in bottles the way that pale ale is like i mean they can that too but you know it's the classic cardboard six pack of the 12 ounce bottles right and then when they switched to cans people like were up in arms um and then there's this whole idea of like it tastes better in bottle versus in can which i do think there's some validity to um our friend found bottles and it's like for the past two years everything's 2021 2021 so maybe they did a little they're doing a little i think they did a small run and yeah so he texts our our group chat that we have and is like found bottles and we're like who has bottles of celebration and it was the fucking total wine the total wine buyer knew what was up the total wine just buys so much that they can they'll get whatever they want dude they had a whole like they had a whole beautiful like you know i wouldn't call it beautiful it was they had a gigantic can like can cut out with like you know the fake cotton snow all around total wine and none of it was refrigerated which we live in a very cool climate so it's fine but like you guys can't throw a few i'm sorry not even guys y'all can't throw some cans in the fridge like come on right i had to like take it from the display and it felt kind of like i was taking it from the decoration (laughs) right (laughs) but i did almost i was so close to asking someone about the cardboard sign because it was big it was like as big as me i mean tall i mean what else are they gonna do with it i guess keep it for next year maybe but like you know someone has dibs on that they're like oh take it at home I don't know. Maybe we're giving too much credit to the general population, the the general beer drinking population, to think that someone would want a celebration themed thing as bad as we do. It's funny because like people who you sent me someone that said they tasted distinct differences between a couple different runs, right? They like sat down mm-hmm. and did like a yeah a vertical like a blind tasting, yeah, <laughs> which. I already like rolled my eyes about it because I was like, give me a break. First of all, it's like, I don't know. It's like doing a vertical of like your mom's cake like that you love. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're like, Dude, not yeah. as good as last year, mom. Or like making her bake it a bunch of times and she's such a good baker that it's all, they're all beautiful. But you're like, mm, mm. It's like, do you really want to do that? Can we, do we, can we not do that with certain things? Like, can we just, right. just let it be? Just let it be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's fun. I want to do that. But I also don't because it's just like that. The one there's a couple beers where you just open it and you're just like, I'm just. It's good. It's like a, a warm blanket. You don't need it to. Is. I don't. Ugh, fucking. We overthink everything. I we. I like include you in it. We. Oh no, you can. <laughs> can we not um, do that no. with everything? I hear you and I agree with you because even just taking this first sip of celebration right now, I was like fuck this beer is good and i've had it so many times this year already and it's still like i open it up and i'm like god so good so good i was up in bellingham this weekend um aslan was having a, a maker's market which by the way maker's markets are like all the rage now which i'm very pro i love being able to buy from like local makers and artists and whatnot um but it's like they're everywhere this year it's like every brewery is like having some sort of um maker's market but i went up there this weekend for it and um it was at the aslan depot which is the event space for aslan and great space uh, my boy will had celebration on tap at the depot 
And I was like, fucking will. You, you get it, my boy. You get it. He gets it. He gets it. I just will never forget the first time that I met Will and he was missing his front tooth. And <laughs> I hope he listens to this. You're handsome, Will. I'm just saying that you didn't have a front tooth. And I didn't know what to do with that because no one mentioned it. And I was just like, wow, okay. I mean, that's that's fine. You don't have to have a front tooth. But it is something where you're just like, what? what? Oh, oh, okay. You don't have a front like, tooth. Is no one going to address this? <laughs> And the first thing that went to my head was, we can't address it. I'm not going to be like, dude, you don't have a front tooth. Like, no one's going to say it. Or, like, you know hey, I mean? I'm Shauna. Hi. What happened to your tooth? Yeah. Or, hey, Shauna, here's Will. Will, Shauna. Um, he doesn't have a front tooth, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you're aware, first, so you're not scared. The, fir- the first thought that went through my head, I was like, dude, you got no fight. <laughs> like, that's the only thing that could have happened. I was like, he got in a fight. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. End of story. Fight. That's it. If I won't mm-hmm. accept any other um, story, story, I won't accept any other like reason. <laughs> I don't actually know how he even lost that tooth. We need to get down to the bottom of this. Yeah. Well, I um, liked it. I what I'm in. trying to say is I liked it. I liked it. I was into it. I, and now it makes sense. He's, you know, yeah. like someone who doesn't have a front tooth, like they have a story. There's story. Oh there. yeah. Right. Yeah, so going up to the depot for an event and seeing that they had celebration on draft was just like, I was like, oh my God, yes. And so I'm talking to him about it. I was like, thanks, man. I appreciate you buying a keg, especially since they like mostly focus on buying like local Pacific Northwest stuff to have a Sierra Nevada keg on, which was dope. And he was like, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's mostly industry people drinking it, but he's like, if I can get some industry person to come in and see that I've got celebration on like you've won someone over like that person's a customer for life now yeah it's like a secret handshake sort of thing mm-hmm. but the thing I think is really cool about celebration because I think kind of like I don't know I was looking over I was like thinking about this episode and I was like I think the overarching theme especially with when it comes to celebration like you could hate IPA And that's fine. But you can't deny that Celebration is a fine example of its style. And Mm. the thing about that's cool about Celebration is like you can get it anywhere. Almost literally. It's everywhere. Yeah. So it's like it's so cool that we could drink it as like nerds that drink a bunch of random stuff. Obscure nerdy things. And then also drink this beer that, you know, my mom would drink. So besides just waxing poetic about celebration, our favorite, um, I felt like because it is December somehow, um, it's a good opportunity to kind of do a wrap up of the year, kind of looking at the industry as a whole, looking at the Seattle scene, looking at what Seattle Beer School has been up to for the past year. If anything, just to be like a good exercise for us to be like, what happened this year? Because time moves so quickly that it's like hard to remember all that happens in a year. I think recently we were with someone and I was talking about collabs that we did. And I was like, wait, what collabs have we done this year? I couldn't quite remember. And then the ones I brought up, we did last year. Like it wasn't even 2022 collabs. So I had to go back through our Instagram and be like, what did we do this year? Um, I like that Instagram's like our diary. <laughs> it is, dude. It's like, it's wow. a good It's like tracking. MySpace. <laughs> 
everything old is new again and it will soon live be gone journal. so we better yeah live journal thank you that's actually what i meant but you know same thing yeah myspace is more like for music and for like posting emotional things yeah yeah for the emos out there um oh. actually before we get into what we did this year and what all happened over the year we should probably talk about what's happening before the year ends oh yeah yeah shauna and i are going to be in portland the uh weekend of the 16th and we're doing some dope stuff we're super stoked we've talked a lot about going to portland it's only three hours away from seattle the fact that we don't go there more often is fascinating um but we finally found a weekend to make it all happen and do some exciting stuff so first up we're going to tease a collab that we'll be doing with our friends at steeplejack very excited for this in terms of us being nerds we really went down a rabbit hole of historical styles that I think is going to be really fun and it might be a little polarizing, but you know what? Let's you explore know, things that people don't know about. I will say I don't even quite know how to pronounce it. Oh, I don't either. I have yet to even put it in Google translate to hear what it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what can it I says. do it right now? And it'll, it'll yes. record it. Okay. Yes. Hold on. Uh, so we both, we should both try it before we actually hear it. Okay, let me bring up my notes where I have it written down. Okay, I'll do it while you're looking that up. Okay, so to be clear, this is a... (laughs) No, you you go for it. Go for it. Okay. (laughs) Stradalsum. I don't think that is terribly bad. So the thing with the like Norwegian language or like uh, Nordic countries, when they have the O shape with the dash through it, no idea how that's supposed to be pronounced. You try. Stradalsum. Stor dal sol. Okay. Okay, that sounds good too. Shadal sir. Shadal sir. Okay. So that's the beer we're brewing. <laughs> With Steeplejack. It's a smoked so like historically speaking, I mean this is like goes to say with like any sort of farmhouse brewing, right? Like you make your own malt. Mm-hmm. And you would do this over an uh, open fire, and but they still do this. And they would use these kind of communal malt houses because it's not like everyone can afford to have their own malt house. What are we, like fucking king and queens? Right. Um, so that's cool, but I know it's kind of polarizing, right? The smoke sort of flavor. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's like historically, like not necessarily a Christmas beer, but it is like a wintertime beer for Norway um and like apparently a lot of home brewers will just like fucking get together and you know like get this like smoky malt made and then make a bunch of different versions of it and they do like little competitions and that was so rude of me little competitions um, <laughs> I mean they're, it's not like they're huge but I mean right. and they're all different like they're all wildly yeah. different like if you listen to um speaking of not being able to pronounce Lars Garsol, goodness gracious! I hope I said his name right. He wrote like the Norwegian book. He's like the Norwegian mm. um, uh, a g- expert here in America, like about mm. farmhouse brewing in Norway, or at least you know in that whole region. Um, and if he was talking about his notes about it, and they're just all over the place. You know what I mean? Some are like, yeah, have some notes of Britannomyces, and some are like. 
you know, he was trying to, but it's not like this is a commercially made beer all over the place. So there's no way to like kind of categorize yeah. it. It's just kind of a, that's what's so cool about it. It's like, it's, everyone has their own interpretation. Like going back to like grandma or mom's making, like mm. grandma's special dish that she made in the holiday during the holidays like not every grandma is going to make that the same way and maybe gra- you've never even heard of that you're like what your grandma makes what totally and I think that's yeah. that's what's so fun about it and that's kind of what is exciting about the chance to do something like this with steeplejack like a lot of the other beers that we made along the way not disparage any of the collaborations we did which were fucking amazing no. but they're they're not as weird but like that also takes like you have to be able to sell what you make. So, I mean, I'm not to say and this is not going to sell, but. That's going to fly off the shelves. Um, well, and that's why I was so stoked that they pitched it. I think it was Gracie's idea that mm-hmm. they were like, uh, are you down to do something bizarre? We're like, say more. <laughs> we would love to hear about the bizarre. Yeah, um, you had me at dot, dot, dot. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's funny because I feel like I've tried to pitch stuff in the past when it comes to collaborations or just working at the, at Aslan, like, people are like that's too weird it's too weird no one's gonna buy it people aren't interested in this and to have someone to reach out to us and be like you down for this we're like yes um, yeah it's so like to look over the list of collaborations like i'm like seriously kind of emotional about it dude yeah right because it is so the people that we've worked with are so kind and like just it's just it it feels very you know, I can get like, we can all get very like, <laughs> the craft brew industry sucks. And like, we have a long ways to go on so many things. And I guess I just feel really hashtag blessed that we've yes worked with such, re- I mean, that's, I, sh- I shouldn't be, I'm like taking away from what I'm trying to say. It's just how, how great and generous of breweries to work with us just to like kind of nerd out and hopefully get people excited about beer that maybe wouldn't have been excited about it yeah a hundred percent agree and i do feel super lucky as well to be working with the people that we work with which we will get into what we have done this year i just want to um wrap up what we're doing in portland because i was also getting emotional (laughs) (laughs) besides brewing with steeplejack Saturday, December 17th, we're doing a really, really special class with Kevin Davey of Wayfinder and Lisa Allen of Heater Allen Brewing. They are putting on a super private class with us that's going to be all about Pilsner. And we're going to be drinking their Pilsners. We're going to be talking about Pilsner. And it's going to be happening in the cellar of Wayfinder's brew house. So it's really freaking cool. And I'm so excited. And there's not many tickets that are available but you know we hope people are as excited about it as we are because those two are just incredible such good lager brewers and they have a wealth of knowledge that i can't wait to get into i mean we did a falala lager last year yes with lisa and it was a cheese and lager pairing and it was amazing it was so Um, much fun it's cool to be like in Portland doing a class in person, which we haven't done for a while. Um, I mean, we've done a lot of classes in person this year, but um, we have none in Portland. So like, it, it'll be cool to be up there and kind of like, you know, expand our network of people uh, that we know and work with. It'll, it'll be cool. And I'm like right. so happy they were down for this. 
that's what honestly blows my mind. I was like, <laughs> we were like trying to be somewhat gentle about Coy. it, but <laughs> we we had a very specific idea, and the fact that they agreed to it was like really really cool. So still some tickets left, and it's very limited, um, but. We're super excited about that happening. So if you are in the Portland area, um, we hope to see you there. And even if you don't make it to the class, maybe hang around Wayfinder on the 17th and we'll see you there. Um, it's going to be really freaking cool. We can't wait to just hang out in Portland. I mean, we're Seattle Beer School, so obviously our work is centered up here. But, I mean, it all expands beyond that. Technically, I think that I have the domain name Portland Beer School. <laughs> oh, do you really? <laughs> well, new branch. Listen, listen. Let's just say that my husband um, has ADHD um, and he goes on these rampages, I'm going to call them, of special interests. <laughs> yeah. And one was collecting um, domains. So. That wasn't really me. He kind of did that himself. He bought but, a bunch of like big city beer school <laughs> names. Oh, dude, incredible. Just the website. Just the website. It was just yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But cool, still, I guess like now helpful. we have the room to expand. So It's like hoarding. Um, it's hoarding. It's hoarding. Um, but in a way that kind of clutters your mind and not your physical space. Yes. Right. So I don't um, actually think that's better, but we have it. So don't even fucking try you Portland nerds. Cause we got it. Oh man. Yeah. So we're super stoked about that. If, um, if anyone is interested in the merch that we have, we've got some Chardonnay sweatshirts left over. You can always hit us up, buy some of that while we're in Portland. Um, just DM us at Seattle beer school on Instagram. That's the easiest way to communicate with us. Um, We'll make it happen. We're so stoked to be there. Should we start at OnlyFans? Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take this offline. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways. Uh, it's yeah, fine. We, so don't, Portland... we, don't, we don't need money, and it's fine, okay? Anyways, Portland's <laughs> going to be fun, and it's going to be great. <laughs> 16th through the 18th will be in Portland. Hit us up. We're so stoked to be there. Buy some tickets to our class. Buy some merch. We're all about it. Um, to circle back That's to true. the main theme of this episode, um, which is the, the yearly wrap-up, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we should talk about, before we d- dive back into stuff that Seattle Beer School is doing, I think we should kind of take a look at the industry as a whole. Maybe like look at or comment on any trends we've been noticing. Um, I, for one, have noticed not only has the non-alcoholic sector totally expanded in the past couple of years, which I do think is rad, um, but specifically hop water. That mm-hmm. has been like the non-alcoholic choice of craft breweries, which makes sense for a lot of reasons. One, way easier to make than non-alcoholic beer. Non-alcoholic beer is incredibly hard to make. To make sure that it's going to be under 0.5% is really hard. There's a couple ways you can do it, but both ways aren't easy. And one takes a lot of equipment. That's expensive. Um, So it's like much easier to make hop water, but also it just is kind of like a fun expression, a, a fun exploration of 
hops in general and how we can be working with that, how we can be tasting it in different ways outside of beer. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really fun and cool. And like, sometimes you just don't always want to drink something, right? You don't always want to drink a beer. I like now know, like if I have a beer at lunch, <laughs> I'm like, well, might as well keep going because the rest Dude, of my right? day, I ain't going to do shit. <laughs> and I feel bad in the past. I feel like I've kind of disparaged NA beers. Um, I don't think I meant to. I think I'm just prone to talk shit. But um, there's well, so many even good ones. That. I think it's just because a lot of NA beer isn't good. Um, Because it's hard to do without the fermentation process. Like, you're not left with a ton besides that, like, grain tea flavor. So to get outside of that, to get away from it is really hard. And I think it's so hard because, like, alcohol balances so much of it. Right. So it's like, Um, how do you do it? So you're taking great examples of it. There is. And by making it non-alcoholic you're taking away the main component of what makes beer beer which is fermentation um so it's really hard to replicate and i think that we've seen some cool styles we did a whole episode on na beers like you can listen to that for our recommendations of stuff but it's just so it still goes through wait so it still goes through fermentation right it just that's like one of the ways you can do it and i don't know how you then eliminate the alcohol i truly don't know enough to talk on it yeah so i mean i think it's been really interesting to see a lot of hop waters coming out lagunitas was really the first one to do it but now we're seeing it all over in the craft sector and like you said like being able to have something that's kind of beer adjacent without it really being beer for me personally it's really come in handy when i'm like at a party and i'm driving and i can only have like one beer maybe two having a hop water with me i will always bring a six pack with me to a party so I can have some, but also to share with people. Um, because then it can be what I'm drinking until I want to leave. And it still feels like an element of beer because it is. Um, without it feeling just like LaCroix or whatever the fuck. Um, it, it has a small component of beer so that I'm still like, oh, I'm doing something. But it just isn't intoxicating me any further. Yeah, it's pleasant. It's fun. It like is still making you thoughtful about something right like not to say like it's not like you're drinking like pomplemousse LaCroix and being like hmm right yeah also that Uh, shit goes flat so quickly I hate it why does it go flat so quickly I don't know Topo doesn't (laughs) Topo has I know right defeats the dynamics of fucking carbonation in our atmosphere it's somehow some magic it's magic it it is and not something I know a ton about, but I do know that Topo reigns supreme. So I do. I think it has to do because it's mineral water, and Lacroix is just water. So I mm. think it feels more intense. Yeah. It's highly. It's got to be more highly carbonated. But I think that you get more of a bite because of the minerality. Hmm. That's a good point. I That's like it. I think. I mean, I'm a uh, scientist, so. <clears throat> Uh, so NA big thing, hop water, big thing. I personally, yes, this is what I was going to say is, I don't know if this is just Seattle specific, but I saw so many dark loggers this year. It was rad. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm so, I feel like I'm out of touch a little bit because I haven't been going out very much because goddamn kids. Um, which, by the way, both had some sort of stomach virus last night and this morning. So what? 
That's great. <laughs> just getting over a cold and then like two colds, like cold, maybe RSV and I don't oh, no. even fucking know. And then this, I was like, like literally Finn threw up in my face. This no, what? <laughs> he, I was laying down next to him, kind of just like snuggling him. It was like 845 and I was like, fuck, it, I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> right. And I, I had just fallen asleep and he was all right in my face. <laughs> well, anyways, so that was cool. Um, so that's a trend I'm seeing. Um, <laughs> in your personal life. But definitely more loggers, right? Just in general. But like. And this yeah, is something definitely... that we predicted last year um, when we did our kind of end of the year wrap up. We were like, we're going to see more loggers this year. And we definitely did. And I think that people are going. I, breweries are kind of looking beyond Pilsner or whatever. Hellas, like whatever lager they're going to do. And they're looking into, cause I mean, lager is a ginormous category of styles that exist within it. So I think brewers are really looking further in there. And I, obviously the audience is here for a dark lager. Otherwise all these breweries wouldn't be making it, but it's been really cool to see that all happen this year. It's funny that like, especially like Czech dark lagers or Chernay, Tomov, mm -hmm. whatever that that's like, um, what a trend is because it's like kind of right think about just like check premium pale lager like check lager is kind of like where pilsner it is where pilsner started yeah. which is like the most made beer and variations of it um and czech republic is so small which is cool right. i mean same thing with like i mean germany's small landmass wise belgium yeah. is small um but it's it's cool to see like I mean, some people would say, oh, great, we're not making IPAs anymore, which is great because, I mean, I like IPAs, but we don't, that doesn't have to be the only thing in the world. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that, that's been like a cool style to explore a little bit. This might be a little niche and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I am predicting slash have already seen a couple Cascadian dark ales come through, which may also if you're outside of the region, just be called black IPA. Um, and there is an argument to be made that there is a difference between the two, but for the broader beer conversation, I'm going to just conflate the two. Um, but I think, I think that dark roastiness, I think that's going to be a trend. We're seeing it with lager and we're seeing it with ale. I'm here for it. I mean, I think a really good black IPA cascading dark ale, I mean, yeah, you're right. That could be. I mean, I just think that it would originate here, right? That's why it's called Cascading Dark Yeah. yeah. Um, although the first black IPA I had ever had was made in the East Coast, but that was mm. a while ago. Um, they're good. I think they're extraordinarily hard to make well because so much clashing can happen, right? With like the dark malt and like high bitterness. Yep. It's just like unpleasant when you have a bad one. So it's like, dude, it's like the fucking Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> like, it should make you think, you're like, what am I looking at? Right. What am I drinking? Is that, do I like it? Do I not like it? Am I, I do like it. I'm supposed to like this. I do like it. I, I do like it. I don't like it. What is that? What's in the background? Right. right. What is um, in the background? What is that? Is that a, is that lava? <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, no, you make a really good point because there's opportunity to, 
divulge from di- diverge is what I meant to say. Diverge. Um, you could divulge too. Um, you make a good point with the um, with the, the clashing of bitterness. So that gives opportunity to be working with other hops that maybe aren't so high alpha acid, aren't going to contribute as much bitterness or like where you're adding the hops in the brewing process. But then that gets kind of tricky too. Cause you don't want anything that's like too strong of a fruit character to then clash with a dark beer. And it could be interesting. I think there's a lot of opportunity for really pleasant combinations, but it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah, I feel like a really good black IPA has like, they're, it's reserved on all fronts. Although it is an aggressive beer, right? Like, right. I don't know. For to me, it's like, ooh, this is like a it truly is very campy beer. Like it's not smoky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like it's almost like you had you're mixing. It's like you had you're having a coffee, and you're also having an orange, but you're also mm, in the forest yes. with you smell the pine around you. And maybe eating like oh. a some sort of fucking pastry. Right? Okay, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. I like it. I'm starving. Um, That's why. <laughs> That's right. Um yeah, so those were just personally some trends I noticed. Maybe other people have different opinions. Maybe this is hyper specific to Seattle. Not quite. Or just sure. like lower A B V in general, right? Just like yes. beers that are under four percent. Like that's table beers like mm, yeah that's very like saisony but i feel like that's because I, I, I love drinking beer with food right and but oh you don't always want to like open a big bottle of something that's like 10 per, like or even so that's six percent you're just like i just wish i could have some i want beer with this but i also right yeah you know so having like a low abv especially very very effervescent low abv what a dream I think that falls in line with the trend of NA too. Just if you're not going straight non-alcoholic, lower ABV. I think those are kind of like in line with each other in terms of trends. It's great. It's just nice to be like, yeah, I, I, could, I mean, I drink beer every day and I don't need to like be drinking 8% beers every day. Exactly. Yeah, I guess we didn't, we didn't go through all the collaborations we did though. Do you want, should we yes. talk about this? I think we should and like kind of go through the year so like we said at the top of the show we haven't recorded since february which was like the first collaboration we did of the year which was i mean we weren't a huge part of this collaboration we didn't have any part of the recipe making or or really even the brew day but we're a part of the conversation around bia hoi which is vietnamese lager and uh lowercase did this collaboration with uh beer educator and expert mark dredge who's based out of england the uk Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some really great content. Check him out. He's got, he just released a book. He's got like some really great well, he flavor wheels. The book that we talked about when yes. he hadn't released his newest book was just a book called Logger, right? Yeah. Is it just called Logger? A, a and history of Logger. A history of Logger. Um, and the most fascinating part about it is the beer that we talked about, right? Yeah. Was this yeah. Vietnamese Logger. Yeah. So he has a whole section on that. He has like notes from his time there. Uh, really cool beer culture in Vietnam that they go over. It's just so. like so like so it, it just feels so just real. Like it was there's no yeah, pretension right? about it. It's just like fucking it's all different. It's all really cool and like cool is not the right word. It's all I don't know. It's just real. 
I don't know. Like, is yeah. like yeah, what I we agree. deal with sometimes feels like we're just dealing with like, the mm-hmm. here's our beer that we thought about for so long. I don't know. Is that that's not bad either. I I don't know what I have. No, it's but cool. like because it's a yeah, beer for I mean, the people, made by the people. Yes, for you just to and enjoy it, every day, right? It's, it's just like, well, and that's exactly what Biahoy is. A lot of Vietnamese cultures based outside, based on their climate, and it's just like these little tiny spaces where the owners of these little restaurants make their own beer, pour it until they run out, and the folks when they get off work come and drink it, drink it till it's gone. Bing bang boom. And it was like um, a, it was like a commodity too. I mean, we already made a podcast about this. So we don't have to like talk about it again. But like, it's not a commodity. It's not the right word. But it was like necessary for it, like yes. Okay, we're this is something that's happening. We're, it's like right. co- like drinking coffee for me. It's like I wake up in the morning and make coffee. Right. Um, so that was the first collaboration we did of the year. Um, then in May we got to collaborate with Burke Gilman. Um, Julia over there is rad as hell. Um, was really great in terms of recipe development. This is something we've talked about with collaborations where it's like, how much of a collaboration is it? How much is the other person, the collaborator inputting into it? Or is it just an email chain? Few emails being like, this is what we're doing. And yeah, it was Julia really made cool. such a good effort. I mean, Phil and Julia, like they both, like we had like a Google doc going that was like so much research about it, about yeah, we did blind tasting of like local examples and what we liked and what we didn't like and then taking off that you know tastings which hops we wanted to use um so yes we did an italian pilsner with them um which speaking of things we can't pronounce i don't know if i ever even tried to say the name of this out loud um Michikosa? Michikos? which means, it just means what is it what is it <laughs> yeah because the concept of italian pilsner is like People were like, what is Italian Pilsner? So That's it was it. kind of a fun play on that. And that was also a cool collaboration we did with our friend Stevie Shaw, who is a local Seattle artist, does a lot of mural work, but also like really rad paintings and like so wood cutouts and stuff. Um, that was a dream. A, that was really cool that she did a label for us. Really um, cool. That the next July, we um, per, uh, collaborated with our friends at the Goethe Institute. Um, and which we did last year last year in lowercase in lowercase and bottle works and bottle works okay it was a big collaboration lots of friends Mm -hmm. lots of good time that was all kind of based in like um sharing german culture and creating some more awareness from it last year we did um this that was like kind of a beer that was based on a german artist or designer last year it was a bauhaus theme this year, we um, decided to focus on Dita Roms, who is a really influential designer, especially when it comes to technology. And uh, we did the Pilsnerist, which kind of just we, Sean and I collaborated on making the uh, 10 components of Pilsner versus 10 components of style, which Dita Roms like the wrote ten, himself. Yeah, yeah, like good design. Principles. Quote unquote. Yeah. Principles of good design. Ten, so the 10 yeah, principles yeah, yeah. of good beer or good Pilsner. Right. And it, it just fits really well if you look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one actually ended up winning an award, I think. Um, gold in Washington Beer Awards. It was gold? Okay. Look gold for American Pilsner, which is funny. Hilarious. Because it's, I mean, John did say when he, he was like, it tastes more like an American than a He did German. say that, yes. 
Um, but that was a really fun one. We always love working with Gertha RIP to their Seattle location. Um, but they are such great supporters of us and it was so much fun to do like so much fun to integrate the idea of an artist and a designer into beer and collaborating and intertwining those concepts. Um, in September was Pilsner Fest, our favorite festival of the year. Um, our, it's kind of a bit, kind of an industry thing, kind of a free for all. Anyone can join. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's a whole thing. Um, you can follow Pilsner Fest on Instagram. Um, but this year <laughs> we had an official Pilsner for Pilsner Fest, which we've never had before. Um, Pilsner Fest did start as a, essentially an industry party and we kind of turned it into an official event. This year, we somehow convinced three breweries to collaborate on a beer with us to make a Pilsner for our silly little event that we put on. Yeah, it was kind of lucky envelope brewed it. Um, So thank you, Barry and Ray. Um, But also lowercase was involved with the brilliant mastermind of John. Um, And thank you, Colin and Ken for uh, Holy Mountain. Yeah, that also gave their two cents. Um, Maisha was also Maisha Banks was also a kind of consultant on it. They gave some really yes, good insight yes. when it came to ingredients, and um, especially because Pilsner Fest has always been about donating money. This year, we were focusing on local tribes, and mm-hmm. they had some really good input about what ingredients to be using and why. Um, that one was it, we called a companion. We had a a bird watching theme for Pilsner Fest this year, and. It was silly and a lot and still kind of like wild that these three breweries were down to do this with us, uh, but had a great time with it. American Pilsner. Um, our most recent collaboration was with Ravenna Brewing. We were talking about dark mm-hmm. lager earlier. Um, we were doing... If I could turn it back time. <laughs> I feel like every time you say it, it flows so much better. Whenever I try to say it, I'm like... Chernea back time. Um, you gotta just, just you gotta let let it. You you sound great. I think no, you're you. I think you're getting in the way of yourself. Mm, that's usually what I'm doing in life. Um, uh, pff, dude, same. Except when it comes <laughs> to channeling share. Channel someone. You need to channel someone. Ooh, yes, love that. You're way um, more of a share of- than I am. I'm not a share. No. Mm. If I were to be a if I were to be a uh, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right. Well, I, I fancy myself a Tina Turner, but I'm just throwing that out there. Just throwing that okay, out now there. we're talking. Now we're talking. All right. You have a point. Um, the voice, sort of similar. I don't know. Yes. I, I, I wish. I wish. I wish. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, but I wish. That's um, it. Her legs. Look at her legs. Her fucking mm, hair, her legs, her yes, voice. I mean, the come hair. on. <clears throat> the hair. Uh, speaking of people that are, just, I mean, I say speaking of because lowercase always is with us and John's always down. He's always pitching cool ideas, always down to do the silly things we come up with. Um, But Ravenna was the same way. We, um, we kind of like had to work around the style we were going to agree on. We came to the conclusion of Czech dark lager. Shauna had a epiphany in the middle of the night where she made Mm. this connection between Cher and Cherney. It struck my brain like a lightning bolt. In the middle of the night, <laughs> struck my brain. Well, Cherney, Cherney, in bed. Um, I was like, Cherney, 
<laughs> Josh was like, what? <laughs> we we went to the brew day. Um, shout out to our friends, Aubrey and Alex. Thanks for making that beer for us. We really love you and appreciate you. <laughs> um, and so we were brainstorming that day, trying to think, what are we going to call this? What's going to be the theme? And you pitched Sharonay, and it was the first pitch, and they were down. So I was like, I these are our people. <laughs> I was all nervous, like, before I did it. Like, oh, I don't know. Right? But I kind of knew my audience, to be honest. I was like, this, mm. they're going to like this. Yeah. Aubrey, uh, Aubrey, Audra, Alex, um, the whole crew, uh, Tommy, Elise, who am I missing? Everyone. Frida. Frida. Dude, they're, they're cool. Yeah. They're really cool. Why are they so yeah. cool? Ezra. I don't know. Eras? Ezra. Ezra. Why did I say Eras? You've said this before. <laughs> you must remind me of someone from my past. Sorry, dude. Um, we're just she's gonna edit it it's gonna be fine <laughs> um i am gonna pitch again we still have some share nice sweatshirts left over um if you want to purchase some not that many we only cool. have a couple yes but if you want to be in on the joke if you want to have a little inside bit about check dark lager and pop stars you've come to the right place um and then, like we said at the top of the show, we are collaborating with Steeplejack in just a couple weeks. So that's kind of everything we did this year. You know, I, I didn't quite mention Foam Fest. We did our first Foam Fest, which was incredible. Again, lowercase here supporting us with everything we want to do. We're like slow pours all day. And they said, sure. And we're like, really? And they said, yes. Foam fingers. Foam like fingers. Foam shots. The color we of Mariner. Foam shots. Foam shots. It's, it's great. It's great. I think we learned a lot this year. We have. We learned a lot. I always feel like I'm learning, but like, I'm like, okay. It, it was a challenging year. I'm going to be honest. It was a challenging year. It was. It was. It was hard because it felt like, you know, we're always trying new things and pitching new things. And they don't land all the time. And we realize like people are interested or maybe like, I don't know. It's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to know. We're trying to figure it out. We're, we're trying to... <laughs> figure out what is successful and what isn't but like that's what happens um listen I do girls wanna, just want to have fun you know what i mean if that ain't the truth um i do want to mention though we do have an ongoing bit with pilsner fest about inviting mm. um david j matthews to the event if you aren't familiar uh dave matthews does live in seattle and lives in the in neighborhood Yes, the neighborhood where our favorite bottle shop, Bottle Works, is. So we've had this ongoing joke about trying to get him to come to Pilsner Fest. This year, we did write a, Shauna wrote, a handwritten letter to him. We delivered it to his address. We did not hear anything back. However, he did come into Bottle Works the other week. And our good friend Brandon texted us, and it was hilarious because it was like a picture of the POS, I think, with like a tab going. And it said David J. Matthews, and he's like, Look who's in here. And both me and Sean are like, who? What is this? Who? We're like, is this like a beer professional we're supposed to know? He's like, I'm like, isn't this crazy? I was like, dude, I literally Google searched it. I was like, me David too. J. Matthew. <laughs> and then his <laughs> face pops up. Dave Matthews face pops up. <laughs> so uh, God bless. Uh, God bless Brandon, who brought up Pilsner Fest to Dave Matthews. <laughs> He's like, like, listen, you're a little bit of a bit, and uh, we like you, 
And can you come? And he was like, yeah, I think I can come. I, uh, I'll have to wear a baseball cap because I have a big forehead. <laughs> Hide my identity in my baseball cap. Um, but David, you are invited always. And um, treat, we, you will be treated as royalty. You bet. You bet you're getting the first pours of the, those Pilsners. You're getting the slow pours of that Pilsner. You're getting that peak foam. He's going to be all pills into me, baby. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we could do we body shots of Pilsner off of David J. Matthews. <laughs> foam shots of Pilsner, uh, body foam shots off of David J. Matthews. Oh, man, it's going to be wild. Y'all just wait until next summer when Pills Fest comes around again. It's going to be um, wild. He will be headlining. Um, <laughs> with that head, he's better. <laughs> Me. Um, Cut it. So while we weren't too active on the podcast, and I say too active, I mean not active at all, we were out and doing things out and about. I hope that we can kind of get back into more of a regular podcasting schedule. But, you know, it felt right to reconvene, kind of go over what happened throughout the year. Um, and like you said, a good reminder of all like the really cool things we've been able to do, the really rad people that have reached out to us and wanted to work with us. Like it, it really warms our hearts. <laughs> and um, I like know that I have imposters. Uh, it's, they don't, don't call it syndrome anymore. It's phenomenon. Oh, interesting. Imposter phenomenon. Because I'll be like, why would anyone <laughs> want to do anything with me? Or us. I'm not going to bring you into my imposter phenomenon. I was like, oh, okay. And it's just like, oh, it's community. It's cool. It's like, it's nice to feel that, like, hopefully we're fostering something that people feel comfortable being a part of. Because I yes. can't say the same was always for me in the beginning. I was always just Agreed. Like, felt like an outsider. Maybe Portland's going to change us. We might change. Things might get a little We're, wild, and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, and things are going to get wild, and it's, yeah, who knows? We might, who we don't know if we're going to survive. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> are we coming back to Seattle? We don't know. Are we going to leave Earth? Maybe. Most likely, to be honest. Yeah. How will we die? Decapitation. <laughs> Sabered, to be honest. Ooh, I wanted, that's how I want to go. Someone to saber me. <laughs> Death by saber. Oh, God. But they had to drink my blood? Mmm, maybe. My innards? Mmm. You can't drink the innards. <laughs> you can certainly try. I mean, unless you were like a snake or an alligator. I like how those are the only two options. <laughs> <laughs> no carn, like, no, like, mammal carnivores. Just cold-blooded reptiles. Snake. <laughs> snake. Crocodile. That's it. I, like, left That's out it. all the big cats. Big cats can't do it. Nope. If I die by a jaguar, that's the way to go. Honestly. Sabered. Gook. Yeah. What was the joke we were saying? Um, who sent us a picture of like, uh, it wasn't even a magnum. Like whatever the size that's bigger than a oh. magnum of celebration. Oh, well, I thought it was a magnum. Was it a magnum? In my head, it was bigger than that. It um, could have been a, uh, I always forget. I always call them Beelzebub, but it's not. It's like Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's, it's one like, of those two words 
um yeah someone sent us a picture of that and then we were like this is how we go either take it to the dome and die or someone hits us in the dome with that mag and that's it that's that that's that and that's celebration baby all right well you know see everyone in port everyone we'll see everyone in portland um, everyone shall converge there yes and um we'll be chatting with you guys in the new year chat noir what why am i saying black hat <laughs> is that not a sign off it is now actually chat noir is like a perfect cascading dark owl name copywriting that verbally copy copywriting like simcoe like we caddy i'll buy that i'll do the shit of that. <laughs>